Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my Central God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen, joined by Anthony DeBundo and Tanner McGrath is also with us on this Tuesday. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in the audio form you are listening to. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, also, if you're watching on our Action Network YouTube page, They've dimmed the lights for me here at Debundo. Yesterday, I was blinded by the light uh, wearing sunglasses because the studio lights were on, and I didn't know how to shut them off. So uh, I'm not blinded today. But if you are watching, uh, please like the video and also subscribe to uh, the Action Network YouTube channel as well so you can get all the updates, alerts, and all that good stuff when we are live and when this particular show and other shows uh, are posted. So we've got a 15-game slate. Debundo wants to discuss uh, some markets that are available as it pertains to Major League Baseball postseason. There are some uh, numbers out there that Debundo uh, is intrigued by and wants to discuss. So we'll work that in at the end of the show, as we normally do. Uh, Debundo, how about we go to you first? Because, uh, you know, you weren't here yesterday. So why don't you give us a best bet for Tuesday's full 15-game slate? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with the under eight and a half runs in the Rays and Twins game. We have Zach Littell against Joe Ryan. Two pitchers that I've, uh, you know, kind of discussed in the last few weeks, actually. Uh, You know, Joe Ryan, since coming back from injury, has found more uh, ride on the fastball and more drop on the splitter, and it's led to improved results. I know he wasn't particularly great in his last outing against Cleveland. They were able to foul off a lot of pitches, work a lot of deep counts. That's something that Cleveland does to everybody. Uh, and, you know, it's a difficult matchup against the Guardians, even though, you know, four innings, uh, two runs, four hits, three strikeouts. So not a great outing, but not terrible. Uh, but prior to that, I think you saw an improved Ryan since coming back from the injured list uh, and, you know, had cut down on on the walks, which were a bit of an issue and, and had given up, you know, fewer homers. Still have the homer issue mixed in there. Uh, but I'm a believer in Ryan. Had back-to-back dominant outings against a great Texas lineup. Uh, 11 innings, 14 strikeouts there. And really since returning has looked more like the Joe Ryan of old. And so now he gets a raised lineup uh, in this matchup. I like the over strikeouts as well. Six and a half is uh, as low as minus 115 out there. Uh, So I did bet some Joe Ryan overs. And then, you know, Littell continues to uh, beat the market projections and the bad X projections. And it feels like another classic case of the Rays raising uh, where, you know, the projections don't really like him for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, they, they think that he's going to have a six, eight, five K nine, the bad X with a ton of homers, uh, and a five, two, one FIP, but he's pitched considerably better than those numbers. And, and it's come from uh better command, uh, you know, not giving away any free passes, 
and and so uh, I'm, I'm a believer that Latell can pitch to you know like a four ERA rest of season. Uh, you know, current numbers four one six FIP, four two nine ERA, four 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 X ERA. So he's been kind of you know, in the, in the middle over the course of the season, but since he's been stretched out into, uh, you know, that starter role, he's been better. So I'm a believer in, in Littell and, uh, I, you know, I do like this twins bullpen, even though they, they seem to never do well when I bet on them. So I'm going to go with the under eight and a half. There are some eights out there. Eight, even money is fine. Eight and a half minus half minus one fifteen also fine. Um, in this match, in this matchup. Would this set up as a, as of today, a playoff preview? Is that right? Uh, no, because the twins are going to be the three. And the Rays are going to probably be the four. So it would be uh, Tampa will play whoever comes uh, out of that three, three-man three group that's chasing in the, right. the final two spots. And then the Twins will play the second-place team. So it looks like it's going to be like a Tampa-Toronto maybe or Minnesota-Texas-Seattle. Okay. So they will not play each other, no. Okay. They'll be on opposite sides of the bracket. So maybe an NLCS preview. Uh, I would be okay with that personally. Yeah. ALCS. No, I got you. ALCS. Yes. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm still wrapping my head around this new playoff format. You're, you're pretty well versed on it. So um, like I said, we'll get to uh, some playoff. The Red markets. Sox haven't been there. You know, you haven't had to really key in on it. Yeah, really. I mean, the one game playoff two years ago was electric. Now they got rid of that thing. I'm like, this was just starting to work. I thought, but I guess not. Anyway, Tanner, best bet for Tuesday. What do you have? Yeah, let's go uh, with another uber-important American League wildcard uh, race series. Um, they won yesterday, so I'm going back to the well. I'm taking the te- Texas Rangers to steal this series from the Blue Jays in Toronto. You can get the Rangers around minus 110. I think the line is moving towards them. I think it's fine at like minus 120 or better. Pretty simple handicap for me here. I think that's uh, Jays starting pitcher, Hyun Jin Ru is clearly overvalued. Um, he is not a 2.65 ERA pitcher. He's trying to return from Tommy John. He's pitched only 60 innings since the beginning of last year. He has a career four ERA with the Jays. So while his ERA sits in the mid twos, it has been held down by a 230 Babbitt, resulting in a 3.6 expected ERA. And I think worst days might be ahead. Uh, his fastball velocity is 88 miles per hour now. Uh, his changeup is getting hit relatively hard, like harder than it should. He has an 83 stuff plus rating across this 34 inning sample size. While his location plus metric is elite, he's still walking more batters than he did last year. Um, I'm starting to think we might be coming closer to the end of his career. Um, he was great for many years with the Dodgers. I think we should look back fondly, but it, we're, we're over the hill on him. And say what you want about Max Scherzer, who goes for the Rangers today and his home run problem. But he still has an expected ERA in the low threes. His strikeout remain rate remains relatively high, around 29%. Um, before last week's embarrassing start against Houston, he had a 2.2 ERA and a 33% strikeout rate in six starts with Texas. That's more like Scherzer-level stuff. His spin rates were like way, way down in that start against Houston, like way more than it, they should have been. So I'm hoping that was kind of like some weird one-off anomaly, like he couldn't get a grip on the ball. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe we'll see a bounce back for him. And while it's hard to find an offensive advantage against the hard-hitting Blue Jays, you get mm-hmm. Texas in its better split going against the Southpaw in uh, Rue. Third best team against left-handed pitching on the season. Slumping a bit lately, but I expect that to turn around. Uh, like, for example, Texas boasts a 323 weighted on base average against lefties over the past month. That's 16th in MLB but a 333 expected weighted on base average, which is fit. So they're still hitting the ball at their normal expectations. It's just going to come around. 
at the minimum, I make the offensive advantage a wash and I make the bullpen um, matchup a wash. So I'm going to take Scherzer against Ryu at essentially break-even odds. And I think Texas steals this one. Okay. It's interesting how I realize the pitching matchup's different and whatnot, but uh, the that flipped, right? We spent our segment on Fade the Public yesterday and how the folks uh, were kind of underrating the Rangers. And uh, you guys are both on the Rangers, and now the public likes them with uh, Max Scherzer today on the mound. So speaking of, on to uh, whether or not we will fade the public. 80% of the bets, 85% of the cash in on the Chicago Cubs today. They are taking on the Colorado Rockies. Uh, this is at Coors Field. Javier Assad taking on Chris Flexen. Any edge to Bundo uh, to consider the Rockies potentially uh, at their price, which is, I've got it right here, Rockies on the money line, plus 150. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? Yeah, no real opinion, strong opinion on this game for me. I do think that the Cubs are well-suited to play at Wrigley. Uh, their defense has been so elite this year, and it's one of the main reasons that they've uh, been so effective despite some pretty mediocre starting pitching outside of Steele. Uh, you look at their potential lineup tonight with Pico Armstrong making his MLB debut, expected to be activated today. Uh, more elite defense in center field. They have the best infield defense in Major League Baseball when Bellinger's at first with uh, you know the potential to play Madrigal uh, at third. I know they, they've been mixing in some different guys at third, but uh, Condelario's good at third. And then the, the middle infield with Herner and Swanson, like it's the best infield in baseball. And now they're adding an excellent defensive outfielder with PCA. So I think this Cubs defense is well suited to play in front of guys who are pitching to contact like Javi Assad, uh, who has had, you know, a, a decent campaign. I mean, it, no, not a pitcher that any of us really have on our radar. It's a pretty low stuff profile. It's been pretty erratic command at various points of his career. He's shown better command of late. I don't really buy it. So I get the idea of fading him, but I think that in front of this defense, he does get a little bit of a boost and, and that makes up for his maybe lacking skills. So, uh, you know, not loving flexing. He's been, he's been decent passable for the Rockies, but this is one of those games, you know, I would, I would lean toward the under if anything at 12, but uh, have no, no wager on the game. Tanner, I think you've got a lot of love here for the Rocks. Yes. Um, I will mention, though, um, because Anthony talked about the Cubs elite defense, I, I, love the, I love the way that this team is constructed with all of those contact pitchers in front of just the best defense in MLB. I Getting that, can, that Candelario move at the deadline, I thought that was huge. I'm very high on the Cubs in the second half and entering into the playoffs, but... They are coming back down to earth after their like magnificent offensive explosion in the midseason. I, over the past few weeks, they're a bottom 10 offense against right-handed pitching. Over the past month and against right-handed pitching, the Cubs have a 291 expected weighted on base average. The Rockies have a 297. The Cubs, they just saw some regression. They're slumping a bit, and I think they're going through that right now. And the Rockies are starting Chris Flexen. I there's just no way he can keep being this bad, right? I don't think he can continue to flail in the mid-sevens ERA. Is he a good pitcher? Not necessarily, but he's probably a tad undervalued right now because I I just don't see how he's this bad. And I think I'm going to sell high on Javier Assad for a few reasons. Like Anthony said, he's a pitch-to-contact guy, so he's going to overperform his um, peripherals. But he pairs a 2.8 ERA with a 4.8 expected ERA. There's, there's got to be somewhere in the middle with that. That's overperforming two runs. That's a lot. And he's boosted in the market because of some incredible recent starts lately against the Reds, Pirates, and Jays. It was like 22 innings of one-run ball. He still only has a 91 stuff plus mark over the past month. And I think he's a tad vulnerable here. 
because he relies on a sinker cutter mix. It's a three fastball mix like Lance Lynn, but sinker cutter is two highest pitches. The Rockies, quietly, they have a team 850 OPS against right-handed sinkers and cutters uh, since the All-Star break. That's top 10 in baseball. That's a 250 plate appearance sample size. I that's I think that's something. I don't know yet um, how exactly I would play this. I think the Rockies are cheap here, though, um, considering the Cubs offense is kind of sluggish and the pitching matchup, I think, is closer than it appears. For example, like Zerillo's model makes the Rockies plus 134. Ballpark Pals model, they make the Rockies plus 114. In the first five innings, their projected score there is 3.5 to 3.4. I think this game is a lot closer than it seems. I I would play the Rockies. I would look for like a half unit play on the money line, a half unit play on the first five money line, and a half unit on the first five spread. I found a, a plus one out there at minus 130, but I think a plus half a run is good. I I just think this is a good angle today on the Rockies. I, I wouldn't play it too heavily, but I think they're really cheap. A plus half a run at BetMGM is even money. Yeah, that's good. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Underdogs. Now, I, I got to be honest. You're both, <laughs> you're, both, you're both aligned on the Philadelphia Phillies as your underdog. I don't. Why are they? Why are they dogs in this game, Gabundo, with Zach Wheeler oh, on the mound? I, I know I, it's I the mean, Braves. They're playing the Atlanta Braves. Max Fried. No, Max, good. Uh, but why Zach Wheeler, who's pitched well? He's pitched really well. His Some last would couple. Say Cy spot. Young level. I don't I, say that. I, I don't disagree. Two ten strikeout performances. It's going deep in games. Help me understand the line first before you bet the Phillies and tell me why you're going to bet them. Because why are the, why are they dogs? Why are they dogs today? Uh, where's my? 
Oh, the market loves Atlanta. And I think the market's right to love Atlanta. I mean, their offense is 20% better than league average. That's ridiculously deep. Uh, Max Fried is a a well-respected pitcher in the market. And uh, I I think this comes down to... Do you respect him? I do. I do. I I like Max Fried. And this is not really a bet against him. Uh, You know, with the Phillies at home and the way the offense has been rolling, uh, I think that they should not be underdogs against pretty much anybody except maybe like a Spencer Strider, who even maybe he's overvalued uh, at this point, shouldn't be underdogs to anybody in baseball. And I think that wow. uh, when you look at the metrics on Wheeler, you have to remember and take into account that the Phillies have played the worst defense in all of baseball behind Zach Wheeler this year. And that factors into how he's underperformed his underlying metrics. One of the main reasons for that is Kyle Schwarber. It is important to, to pay attention to, and I think worth something to the market, uh, a considerable, you know, maybe like a percent, um, whether or not Schwarber plays left or DHs tonight. So Harper, uh, I would expect to be at first base tonight because they're, uh, I mean, well, I, I shouldn't necessarily say that because they may not do that because it is a lefty. They could play Boehm at first, Sosa at third, DH, Harper, and put Schwarber in left, which would certainly make me feel less good about uh, backing the Phillies as a home dog here. But it is important to note, and I think worth something, that if, if Schwarber DHs and they play the uh, preferred defensive lineup, that uh, we may see uh, an improvement in the Phillies' chances. With that being said, uh, you know, against the lefty, I don't know that we're going to get that lucky. So pay attention to that. Certainly something to monitor. Something to monitor going forward as the Phillies kind of manage this first base DH thing with Harper because their defense will be much better with Harper at first. Um, another note on Wheeler, you know, his pitching – since, you know, July, you know, he had a really, you know, inconsistent stretch where his stuff was not quite as dominant earlier in the season, but he's pretty much been vintage Wheeler since about mid-July. So, you know, since that Pittsburgh start on July 28th, 58 strikeouts and 51 innings, 2.61 ERA, uh, 3.1 FIP, 182 batting average against with just nine walks in 51 innings. So, He's been pitching at a dominant level. And I think the one thing about the market, and this has been a consistent thing I've, I've found with Wheeler over the years, when you look at the projection systems that you know books are using to price these games, they have consistently expected Wheeler to give up more homers than he actually does. And he's beat the market every single year in home runs per nine. And it's been the main reason that he has, I think, been undervalued consistently and why I've bet on him a lot in the last few years. Uh, Wheeler, you know, despite the bad defense this year, keeps the ball in the ballpark. And that's really important. It's hard to do against this Atlanta lineup. So uh, I know that that's, you know, something that, you know, the Braves could tag him for three or four homers tonight and I'll look like a fool. But the way that he keeps the ball in the park and the way the market undervalues his ability to do that is why the Phillies are underdogged, underdogs in this game. And I don't think they should be. I think it should be closer to, uh, you know, a coin flip game. So I'm going to go with um, the Phils. Also, he just generally works deeper than Freed. And that could, yeah. play, that could play a role in protecting the bullpen. The day after a doubleheader that featured a lot of offense. Uh, there was, uh, what, uh, 34 runs in two games for those two teams yesterday. Mm-hmm. So a lot of bullpen usage for sure. And uh, both teams are going to be hurting a little bit. Yeah, our buddy, st- I saw that tweet from, uh, everyone was really tweeting it in the afternoon when they had the doubleheader. Um, I think I saw Stucky, our pal Stucky mentioned it. Like, yeah, sign me up for these two teams in the playoffs, by the way. That was tremendous. Uh, afternoon on a Monday. Yeah, Monday. I, yeah, I've lost track of time. 
um, tremendous, like tre- tremendous product yesterday between those two teams. Uh, Tanner, you, I think you had something to say there. You're with it, it's a likely matchup for what it's worth. The Braves are going to yeah. be the one. Phillies are probably going to be the four or the five. If they win the first round, then we'll get a rematch. Tanner, I think you, you've got thoughts here on, in terms of the longevity of of the starting pitchers with, uh, you know, Wheeler 100 plus pitches each of the last two starts. And uh, Max Fried's actually gone uh, pretty deep in games here, too, recently. Yeah, I just have a few things to add because I also love the Phillies today. You know, you, you say the Braves have the lineup advantage in every start, right? I don't know if that's the case today. Over the past month and against left-handed pitchers, i.e. Max Fried. Phillies have a 135 WRC plus. Same time frame against right-handed pitchers. Braves have a 119 WRC plus. I hear footsteps in the National League, Anthony. And if that matchup does happen in the playoffs, I would be pretty happy to bet the Phillies at plus money there. I'll touch on Wheeler. Yeah, he's been vastly undervalued all year, and he's going to cruise down the stretch. Um, I know you mentioned the stats already. I'll just this was my favorite one. Um, Thrown over 100 innings since the start of June with a sub-3 ERA. Has tossed six or seven innings in 14 of those 16 starts. He is. He's a Cy Young-level pitcher. I think he's a workhorse in the in the mold of like my guy, Sandy Alcantara. These are two guys that pitch deep into the games with great stuff. Uh, I'll talk on the, on the bullpen matchup too because I think if Wheeler can protect the bullpen, like Anthony said, that'll be huge in this game. Um, like you mentioned, every single high-leverage guy for both teams through yesterday that was yep. the second night in a row for Rossiel Iglesias and AJ Minter. Phillies, their top guys all pitched last night, but had the day off before. Um, I also just trust the Phillies bullpen more at 100% or in general. So I think that that'll be a big thing. Uh, I don't trust Max Fried yet either. I don't know how you're going to pitch to a sub three ERA with a 96 stuff plus metric and a 98 location plus metric. I think the Phillies. He does it this- That's his thing. Yeah, I, 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 done that for a while. I'm not ready yet to buy it. And I think that the Phillies should be favored here with Wheeler on the mound. Okay, looking forward to it. And if we do get these guys in the playoffs, should be good. My uh, my last trip um, to CBP before the playoffs. So, you know, why don't we do that, Debundo? Why don't you hit on that before we do final bets? Why don't you hit on what markets are interesting you here as far as the uh, postseason and what what market jumps out to you? Yeah, so what essentially is forming here uh, with the Rays – Orioles, Twins, and now the Astros kind, I don't want to say pulling away, but like they're the best of the three teams in my view. They're healthy right now and they are clearly looking like they're starting to kind of inch ahead of Texas and Seattle in the American League West race. Uh, of course, they, you know, they could get pulled back into it. But when you look at the schedule, I think that there's two things that you know, the market's on to one thing, which is that I think Toronto uh, is probably the most vulnerable of those three teams. It's Toronto, Seattle, and Texas, but Toronto has a huge advantage. And that is that they don't have to play Toronto or Seattle and Texas. Seattle and Texas still have seven games left against one another. Uh, and that's going to be a huge, uh, you know, those matchups are going to be important. They're a half game apart from one another. And that, you know, one team will win and lose every night when they play each other. And thus Toronto gets an advantage by not being involved in that because two of the three teams will make it. Therefore, let's say, you know, if they each go three and three in those or three and four, four and three, if Toronto can just play at above that pace, which you'd expect them to do given their record, they will kind of inch ahead and get that five spot. So I think Toronto is in pole position for the five, just based on how the schedule breaks out. I'm a little worried about the Mariners because I think we've seen the peak of the Mariners now offensively and what they are. Uh, You know, Julio Rodriguez has been red hot carrying this offense, but uh, the rest of the team has its warts. And I think they're going to get exposed here down the stretch. 
The other thing, they do not have the tiebreaker against Texas. So they're already one in five against the Rangers, which means that if the, you know, if they were to, you know, somehow overcome that tiebreaker, they would have already won and beat the Rangers anyway. So in every scenario where they're going to be close with Texas, they are not going to have the tiebreaker with the Rangers. And I think that's going to end up, you know, being that extra game that could matter here as we get down into the nitty gritty. And so the prices on the two teams are pretty comparable, but you can find a plus 175 on Seattle to miss the playoffs, a team that is currently out of the playoff picture, a team that still has uh, a weekend series with the Dodgers coming up and then also has an Astros series mixed into there on their schedule. So I'm starting to be uh, down on this chances of making the playoffs. So they, they finished Angels two more. They blew the game last night. Angels two more. Dodgers for three, they go to Oakland for three, then they go to Texas for three, then they finish with Houston and Texas for four. That final weekend series is going to be really fascinating. Uh, and also, you know, we'll have playoff implications in terms of, you know, whoever has to play Minnesota. If those two teams have to use their aces on the final weekend, they will not be available for Tuesday's game one. So something to monitor when you get into kind of the series prices and how this is going to end up breaking out. But yeah, I think Seattle ends up being the odd team out when we get down to the final day here. Uh, just because of tiebreakers and schedule, and I, 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 th- I think they're worse than than he than Texas. And Tanner, you got something to add, possibly on the uh, National League side of things. We've done that a little fish. bit, talking about well the fish. But yeah, I mean, Tanner. One thing Tanner brought up was if we do indeed, and Debundo, you said this too, to a degree. If we get Braves Phillies in a series, Tanner would be very interested in getting the Phillies a good plus money. But what else, Tanner? Yeah, anything on the fish? I will say in the AL wildcard, um, I agree. I think Toronto's the better team on paper than the Mariners and potentially Texas too. I, I think that there may be a tad undervalued there. National League wildcard, actually, you guys might be surprised of what I'm going to say. The fish are cooked. I think the fish are done. Hmm. Sandy and Solaire are going to be on IL stints. I, I don't know if they're back yet. I haven't double-checked, but they were over the weekend at least. Um, I think the NL wildcard is um, – pretty cut and dry here and here's why i think the phillies and the cubs are i mean it's been a crazy race for the entire second half but the phillies and the cubs have separated themselves as the two best uh teams in that race right and i think it's very very clear that leaves if the fish are cooked that means that leaves the snakes the giants and the reds within two games of each other for that third spot i'm gonna take the snakes to make that third spot because mm. they have a one and a half game lead on the giants two game lead on the reds and the giants are not hitting it anything right now and the reds pitching is a problem and i don't know the, the stakes are plus 260 to be the six seed right now i think there, there's probably like I, I would say that's the most likely scenario that happens right there i'm gonna say phillies phillies cubs split the one and two snakes get the three and then everyone else kind of falls off just because they have problems with their roster construction yeah the giants so, the giants have the scheduling issue here uh because they still have seven left with the dodgers uh, that's ah. going to be really tough. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the and Diamondbacks the, and the have Diamondback the more favorable schedule. Yeah, yep. they are. Diamondbacks uh, don't play the Dodgers again. Right. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing for me that keeps me worried about the Giant or about the Giants, you know, potentially uh, making their run there. Uh, the tie-breaking scenarios, I believe the Giants have it over the Diamondbacks. So wow. that is also something <laughs> to keep in, keep, keep into uh the back of your mind as you're doing that. So, and they still have two games left. If the Diamondbacks were to sweep them, then I think they would take it. But that, again, like they're not going to be tied anymore if they sweep them. So I do think the Giants would have the edge there. I think it's going to be one of those two teams. Okay. All right. And of course, more to come on the playoffs as we get closer and we will have payoff pitch during 
uh, MLB postseason action. A couple final bets, and then we can uh, get out of here. Tabundo first, then Tanner. And uh, how about one more for the road? Patrick Sandoval, under six and a half strikeouts, minus 125 against the Seattle Mariners. We just talked about this. Look, Sandoval's stuff has been down pretty much uh, all year, and his strikeouts have dropped as a result. You know, it's interesting because uh, Seattle as a team strikes out a lot, but T-Mobile Park, uh, you know, generally plays below average for strikeouts in general. Uh, You know, is that noise? Maybe. But, you know, Sandoval, his stuff being down has me a little concerned about him. And uh, and so I think the strikeout total is a little high. The bad X has him at 5.9 projected strikeouts. So going to ride with the under there. Minus 125 at BetMGM. And Tanner. Yeah, two quick uh, totals here. Complete trash man pick here. But I think the Mets-Diamondbacks total has gotten way out of hand today. Uh, under 10s, widely available in the market. Sure, the wind is blowing out. It's like five miles an hour. But it's still City Field. That's the fourth lowest scoring Park and baseball by StatCast uh, Park Factors. These two offenses are average at best. I'd maybe power rate them slightly below average. Hold your nose pick because of the pitching staffs, but let's try and look at the bright side. Jose Budo has a 3.4 ERA across three starts this season. Signed initially because of his low 80s change, which plays well off his fastball, but his fastball has been his best pitch this season. Mm -hmm. I think he has some upside, looks good early in his career. Ryan Nelson, underwhelming, but still has a 101 stuff plus. Uh, I think Cirillo makes this total 8.7. Ballpark Pal is at 9.3 or 9.4. I think 10 is way too high. I'll take a half unit there. And then Padres-Dodgers over nine. Um, did you know that five straight games between the Dodgers and Padres have sailed over? 13 and a half runs per game between those two. And we get to fade both Michael Walker and Lance Lynn. Uh, hopefully the impossible hard-hitting Dodgers will force some regression on the Padres. Waka, who still has a three ERA and a 4.5 expected ERA entering this one. And anyone, I could hit a homer off Lance Lynn right now. Lance, he's allowed, he allowed three homers last time out against the Fish. He's up to 40 homers allowed in 28 starts this season, including 12 and 7 with the Dodgers. Also yep. worth mentioning, these two offenses have the same exact expected weighted on base average against right-handed pitching over the past month. It's 333. That's tied for sixth in MLB. I will take another half unit on that. Should be okay. noted that Hader and Phillips both got blown up last night, so uh, may both be down. I thought I, I Hader threw thirty-seven pitches, so he's probably down. Phillips, much to my chagrin, because I have both in fantasy, gave up uh, four runs, two earned last night. Uh, so uh, the two best relievers in this game may be out. Even Lance better. Lynn was allowing Lance Lynn was allowing bombs to the Oakland A's earlier in the year. And I know when Oakland Look, Lance is Lynn right. his zone contact rate, though, man, it was so good. It just it's one of the most bizarre pitcher seasons for, I've ever for seen. A brief, yeah, for a brief moment in time, we thought he was undervalued and he was really going to start racking up those strikeouts. But the problem is if you throw it in the zone and anyone gets any contact out of it, it just goes out of the park anyways. It's, uh, it's been crazy. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how he ages. I mean, the stuff's down, yeah. so that's been part of it. But hey, Good win for the Padres. I, I got to give the Padres credit. Good win there for Tanner last night because, uh, wow, they made, a, uh, they made quite the comeback. It should be said if they go if if they finish eighteen and zero, they have a shot at the playoffs. That's all they have to do. Eighteen and zero, they'll get to eighty five wins. I think they'll get in. So, if you're a Padres playoff backer, eighteen and zero. Yeah, good luck to the Padres and um, trying to run the table. Good stuff from both Anthony DeBundo and Tanner McGrath. You can find both of them in the Action Network app. If they do add anything for later in the day. Uh, for this slate, our show returns on Friday before we head for the weekend. So for Debundo and Tanner, 
Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast presented by BetMGM. You'll have a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you at the end of the week. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.